You're listening to Duck Stream presented by Gettle. Get ready for some hot takes, off-the-wall topics, and candid conversations with current and former players. It's time for Eat 'Em Up with Emerson Eatem. Game five of the Western Conference Finals in Detroit. Steve Carroll, Brent Severn. Hope you're enjoying it. It's been a beauty. Here come the wings. Lilia turned it over. Salati in. Shoot. Scores. Salati scores to win game five. After the Red Wings turn the puck over in front of Ostrich. Salati stole the puck. Did it eat and fired it by Hasek. And the Ducks lead the series 3-2 thanks to an overtime game winner from Tamu Salani. What a call from the voice of the Ducks, Steve Carroll, who is our special guest. And uh, I can't wait. I can't wait for this one, Steve. Thanks uh, for tuning in for another edition of Eat 'Em Up. And uh, like I mentioned, Steve Carroll in the Korea studio right now, um, you can just feel the energy, the 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 aroma that Steve uh, uh, spews from himself. Uh, it's infectious, and we're so so fortunate and lucky to have you. Well, I'm just glad I'm uh, at full strength here. It's kind of early in the morning doing this thing, but uh, for you, anything. It's been a joy and pleasure to work with you. Uh, welcome to the Ducks organization, and we're going to have some fun with this. But we're both sports fans, and just looking at some of the things we're going to do here in the coming moments. Uh, oh, it's going to be fun. Buckle up your seat. Buckle up your seatbelts, right, Steve? <laughs> uh, so, uh, just going back to that last call. You know what game? uh playoffs uh team Mussolini. i mean just let the listeners know that that whole that whole call well i think you're so in the moment uh first of all you're playing one heck of a hockey club so when you can win on the road in a playoff series against a team like detroit which was probably a favorite to go all the way that particular year uh it was something special and the thing for us as a broadcaster is Come overtime, a lot of different things happen, and you can't take your eyes off the puck is indicative of that particular play where the Red Wings turn the puck over. And guess who's there? Tamu Solani. So you know right away that you might be looking at a big-time goal in the history of the Ducks. So you're just watching to make sure he does have the puck, gets around the defense, and then goes in and scores the goal. And we're all Ducks fans. So let's be honest, we're rooting for the team. And when he puts it in, it becomes a special moment in Ducks history. And to do it on the road and you have a guy that's used to scoring goals get a special, special goal in the lore of Anaheim Ducks hockey, you just lose track of everything. You're just there standing up, uh, running your right arm into the audience like, yeah, we got him. No, one more to go, that kind of thing. So all in all, I think it was probably right up there in the top couple for me. And uh, I'll never, never, never forget that goal. Yeah. And that was 07. Yes. Detroit Red Wings round was? Uh, round three. Round three. Yeah. And uh, wow. Un- unbelievable. I mean, just listening to that and even you, you know, quietly mouthing that as if it was yesterday, Steve. That's That's just pure magic. Yeah, I think the important thing for broadcasters, especially on the radio side, because you have to be more descriptive, because if you're watching TV and a guy's calling play-by-play, you can kind of make your own assumption of what's going on. But on the radio, in a moment like that, 
you just don't want to mess it up yeah. because that's one that'll live in infamy yeah. and uh, it leads you to the next round and uh, you know what happens then. So uh, all in all, I'm sure for all Ducks fans uh, watching this thing with some of the memories and the emotion that you have on a special goal like that from a great player, arguably the greatest player to play in yeah. Anaheim Ducks history, that's one that you want to keep and uh, you're always being asked about it and uh, it was just nice to be there in person. And that was, so round three, game? Yeah, that was game five in that particular series. So game five, uh, round three, 2007, Team Mussolini just coming up so big. And uh, now that we've heard that special moment, uh, time to get some fun in. So Steph, play this video. Uh, for the listeners out there, uh, Steve and I are going to just call as we would a, a hockey game with kind of some some funny random clips uh we got some other sports in there and, and, a, and a nice holiday uh little video so uh steve's going to uh do his normal play-by-play -play on these random videos i'm gonna hop in with color and uh can't wait yeah you're not gonna horse around with this first one <laughs> <though>, are you <laughs> can't wait let's take a listen and we're close to the start of the Kentucky Derby, and they're out and uh, raring to go around this long track. Right out of the gate, Steve. Look at Gumball 3000 on the outside. He's making a push. I just want to know where Gumball 3000 came from, but uh, he's a late addition to this race. This is the first of three, as we all know, the Preakness Belmont Stakes to follow, but this is the one they want to win, and they're coming around the first turn. And don't you know, Joe, look at those strides from that horse. Uh, it entered this contest uh, highly touted, and he's bringing it here today. Yeah, look at them. They're all together going around that first turn with still several turns to go. And uh, summer is tomorrow. We're looking for him because he's one of the favorites to win in this particular race. And it was a it was a horse coming into this one that I looked forward to seeing. And she is bringing it. What a stride. Once again, pulling away. So fun to watch. How about Crown Pride and Messier? Certainly not a hockey player, but uh, he's out in the track here at the Kentucky Derby. Cyberknife is back a few strides and then followed by Epicenter. And that's where we are on the track right now at the Epicenter of the Kentucky Derby. Unlike Mark Messier, this one's got the blinders on. Just going north, bearing its head, heading for the finish line. And here they come down the stretch at the Kentucky Derby in Louisville, Kentucky Messier with the lead and let's see what happens here as they go to the final line speaking of Kentucky I had quite the night last night went to Susie's down the street Steve I will be sure to let you know all the fun after this race all righty they're coming uh the first horse there who is that that's crown pride we lost our binoculars up here in the booth but crown pride is going in towards the finish line now there's horses to the left and right oh my gosh oh, out of the gate who's gonna win it oh and it's crown pride over the line first and a come from behind effort and that is a special victory for both the jockey and the horse. Wow, Steve, um, this is this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. Steph, we're we're locked and loaded, ready for the next one. Oh my! Welcome to WWE, along with Mean Gene Okerlund. I'm Steve Carroll, and boy, do we have a main event here. You can see this place is filled to the rafters, and it's the big guy. 
the big guy is there. And uh, in fact, both guys are pretty big right there. Uh, yeah, look at look at Brock Lesnar. Brock in a very vulnerable position right off the hop there. And uh, he continues to be in a tough spot. Yeah, Brock Lesnar takes a right hand of the chops. He's down. He's ailing. Is he okay? What is he? What is the sign? Is is that fatigue, Steve? Uh, what are we from a body language standpoint? What are we watching right here? Well, the giant looks like he's in bad shape, taking a pounding over the uh, back by Brock Lesnar. Two big guys that know everything about this sport standing up on the ropes. Is Lesnar going to get there at the top? From the fists of the spines. Oh, my. Oh, my God. The ring just fell down. The referee fell down. Brock Lesnar's down. The giant's down. Who's going to get up first? They're all out, including the ref. This is mayhem. Oh, keep the fans away. They look like they want to join to lift their favorite wrestling star up. But... I don't think they're coming up. This one's going to go on for a while. Who's going to be the winner of this game? I can't wait to see what happens next. The ref slowly getting up. Everyone continues to be passed out in the center of the ring. What's going to happen next, Steve? Well, I look at Brock Lesnar's right hand. There's movement there. The fingers are still intact, unbelievably, after that collision from the top rope. And boy, oh boy, they're both out. Looks like they were unconscious for just a little bit, but time is winding down. Something's going to happen here soon. Just from judging from the, the replay, perfectly executed from Brock Lesnar, uh, assuming he didn't think he was going to get knocked out at the same time. No, I didn't think so. This is as evenly a wrestling encounter as we've seen in years. And now they have officials, they have the medical people out there. And let's hope, let's say a prayer for both of these wrestlers, two of the giants, so to speak, no pun intended, two of the giants here in the, the sport of wrestling. And this all happened within a very short period of time. And a lot of concern now from the folks in the ring, as well as all the fans on the outside. And uh, let's hope they're both okay. Two of the Giants. Everyone in the arena right now gasping for air, holding their breath, making sure uh, their superstars, their heroes uh, come up healthy and ready to go. So we look at the replay, and boy, it's tough to watch. But I'm sure both will move on with a wrestling career after they get through this particular matchup. Oh. Uh-oh. What do we got That's here, Steve? Uh, I don't know what they're trying to do, but I wouldn't recommend it. It's, it's You have your experience hanging Christmas lights, Steve. I mean, what what, what can you describe is going on here? Well, first of all, I she's got around that. the neck. Watch <laughs> out. Oh, <laughs> no. Uh, uh, somebody should have been holding the ladder there. I think it should have been a tag team affair. They're trying to uh, keep that ladder up and standing, but uh Hey, you're taking a risk there. My God, on. Steph's got another one here. Okay, how about that form? Straight-legged. They need to bend their knees now. Look out! Oh, oh. Hopefully there was some sort of uh No, there isn't. I thought there might be something he could dive into. No shoulder pads, no shin guards. He took that fully there, Steve. Yeah, out of the lineup for about two months. And now he just slipped again, so that might mean three. Well, hopefully uh, he's got a some great training staff. Ready to take care of them. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> What's Let's this? go one more. Yeah. 
All right. Straight legs, Steve. We know how this goes. Oh, my. Mm, a sliding ladder, and you're right in the middle of it. Not a good thing, but, you know, here's a great thing. Gets up off the snow and ice, and he says, I'm okay. I knew right away when he didn't have a buddy there for some safety and support, he was donezo. No. Well, he's moved up the ladder in my mind. Oh, my. And he caught that inner shin on the fall. He might uh, want to pack a snowball and put that on his knee. Yep, and don't hire him uh, to paint your house up at the highest levels either. That could be dangerous. Well, uh, that does it for little color commentary and play-by-play with uh, the voice of the Ducks, Steve Carroll. That was interesting. I had so much fun. Uh, it's always fun, you know, getting thrown in unfamiliar, uncomfortable situations. Yeah, we had never seen these videos before. Hopefully a couple I never see again. And I'll be honest, my head's spinning right now. I mean, (laughs) trying to do something else, quite the task, but a lot of fun. Yeah, and everybody was unharmed. That's the big thing that we saw in the (laughs) video. At least we think. Steve, I I want to get into, you know, how you got to where you are. Uh, The the voice of the Anaheim Ducks, you've, you've called so many big time games, big time plays. You know, your road to this position certainly didn't come easy. And uh, the, the reason why I bring this subject up is I have, you know, people I have, uh, you know, whether from a business standpoint, maybe some interns, um, you know, people have, have come up to ask me young and old, you know, what it takes. And, and I say it takes repetition and it takes years of, of the grind, because I'll be honest, I have you know, uh, you know, some young uh, men and women come up to me just out of high school asking for just the, the highest of level jobs. And you need that experience and uh, you need those repetitions in order to, to make it far. So can you just touch on, you know, your experience coming up through the ranks and, and how you got to be the, the play-by-play color analyst for the Anaheim Ducks? Well, it's called strictly paying your dues. <clears throat> and everybody has to do it, to be honest with you, in order to be qualified for jobs and This is 51 years for me in the business, and it starts out in a small town of 2000 doing the farm market report, and I butchered some of the uh, grade A and all these names that you come up with, but you just uh, come up the cycle. I think you have to have in mind really what part of broadcasting or media that you want to be in and then just pursue that. And even if you're in a situation for years like I was in three or four different States. I worked in 11 total, so I moved around quite a bit to get that better job. Uh, I think every bit of experience helps because you never know when the time comes when you might be out of work for a nine-month period, say two years, and you've got this experience already put away. Maybe it's writing a newspaper article for a minor league baseball team you're working for. Maybe it's uh, playing a music at a nightclub for a disc jockey and you're working at a top 40 music station. But do as much as you can because you're more valuable to someone hiring up at the levels that we're talking about. For instance, minor league sports. I've spent 32 seasons in the minor leagues, AAA baseball, AA, all levels of hockey. And uh, you're learning all these other things. You're on hand at a place where a new arena is being built and you're working in the business department of it. So you're learning that other than just broadcasting. So you get as much experience as you can. And for me, this was my passion. I wasn't good enough to be an athlete, to be quite honest about it. So I just went with the flow. My parents said, go and pursue your dreams. And uh, I did. 
with all the states, all the levels, and uh, you're just constantly moving around. You get your job, things don't work out, and then all of a sudden you're out, you're going, what am I doing here? Is this the end? You pursue it. You got to have this inner strength and really love what you do because I never gave up when there were some very uh, tough situations to go through, and it finally paid off in 1999 to be doing work in the National Hockey League in a franchise city like this and being around great people, great ownership, and knowing that you're going to be there for a while because some of these jobs you get, you don't know how long you're going to spend in the minor leagues, how long you're going to spend doing news for three stations, doing weather on one. I mean, is that what you really want to do? So it's a mixture of a lot of things, but pursue what you really want, but also do the things maybe that you don't enjoy but might come in handy down the line if they ask you to do five or six things. And so at the height of earning your stripes, uh, you know, was there a year? Because you talk about having multiple jobs at one time. How many jobs and what were they at one single point uh, through your tenure coming up in the, in the ranks? Okay, I'll just give you one example. And this pretty much dictates everything. It's more media than anything. But um, I spent five years in the city of Nashville. So I was doing minor league baseball, minor league hockey. Two. I wrote for the Tennessean. I covered uh, some baseball for them during that particular year. Three. They had a global basketball team that came, lasted two years. Four. They said, do it. Fortunately, by the way, uh, the guy that owned all these teams I worked for. So that helped being able to do that. And then uh, I did Vanderbilt football. I was actually the color Five. analyst for a year. Won't do that again. I'm not a coach, <laughs> but I got to do pregame, postgame, that kind of thing. And then I did the same thing for uh, the basketball team. So I was Six. busy for a year and, and a half. And you, were you disc jockeying at the time? Uh, not there. Not there. Not okay. there, but, uh, you know, everywhere I went, like when I first started living in St. Louis, I got jobs at Illinois stations. It was kind of strange how it worked out. One was a station called WIBV kind of the home of high school sports. Wood River, Illinois, was looking for a news guy, so I needed to make more money. I wasn't making a whole lot doing that. And so I went over there on weekends, worked there, and that led to a job at a top 40 music station. It was during the disco era, too, and I like to dance, so I was uh, having a good time in the studios all the time. <laughs> but free jobs, and then you get some freelance things like covering the NFL in St. Louis with the Cardinals for the Pro Football Network. I thought the more I could do, the more valuable you would be. And then I did a lot of writing for the programs and magazines over the years. So it was a little bit of everything. It made for moving around. So my life was, my life was never really, you know, status quo because you were always looking to go to the next level. And I'll just tell you this on the other side, because there's positive and negative and everyone, I think, goes through maybe being let go from a job for no particular reason. But I was in Philadelphia, my first NHL job. They went through three guys in three years. Wow. Political things happening like that, or they want their own guy. Who knows? But, you know, that hurt. And then you're out of work looking for a job. You're back in the minor leagues. And then fortunately, this job came. And uh, it's, it's an amazing story how I wound up here. But I think when you put in the time and you pay your dues and they like your work, good things do eventually happen. And it's a story just of, of perseverance and, and just time and effort. And like I said, going back to the repetitions, any, any, yep. any 
you know, great athlete or great broadcaster, it's, you know, it, it's not overnight and no. you need to put in the time and you certainly have. And, you know, we, we've been all blessed and fortunate to, to hear you call some memorable goals year after year, Steve. So it, it's been quite the thrill. And, and the good thing for me is I was never good athletically. So I knew I wasn't going to be a success there. So well, I had to go and you didn't have something. to tell me that Steve. Oh, I, well, I knew that. I, oh, no, you did. <laughs> who's, been, who's been spreading that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That was 35, 40 years ago. So I've gotten a little bit better at uh, maybe some uh, slow pitch softball, you know, things like that. You got the the voice to uh, make up for for the lack of athleticism. (laughs) Well, good. Thank heaven something went right. Yeah. Uh, So last thing, we'll we'll end on this. Anaheim Ducks today, uh, where this team is at, uh, you know, what what are you excited for, for for this organization here in the next stretch? I think headed in the right position position uh right uh history of this franchise uh i like the addition of pat Verbeek as the gm here and that's nothing against people in the past but uh just the sense that i get being around him i like our coaching staff and who cannot like the young talent that we have assembled here with the drafting over the past few years and we're seeing it right now you know i'm looking at what, six, seven young defensemen that have an opportunity, chance to maybe be with this NHL team in Anaheim in their playing a career. And I just think they've done a heck of a job. And that goes to the scouts, that goes to the drafting department. But the other part of this too, and a lot of it has been very important to me over the years, you just want to be around good people. And uh, for us as broadcasters, we get to do the games, but there's other things that we have to do. We're writing articles, we're making appearances, we're doing things like that. And that's all a huge part. I didn't know that the first few years, but it's about community doing things, visiting hospitals. And you, you start enjoying that aspect because you realize how important that is. You become friends with a lot of people here, and I think it just grows you as a person. But from ownership down here, I'm not saying this because we're doing this particular uh, interview right now, but it is the best ownership group and the best people I have been around. And that's nothing against everybody that I worked with before. There were some very good people, treated me well, helped me. Don't hold back, Steve. Let let them know if if there's any, No, I I let let us all know how you really feel. Well, you know what, when, when you lose jobs or when you go through the tough times, you appreciate what you have now. And so it's like the final thing that you had hoped for all these years, you get older and you want that one job one dream to be able to do this. And fortunately, somebody gave me the opportunity. And for that, I'll be forever grateful. Yeah, that's that's how I feel. Very fortunate, very grateful to to be with such a first class organization. Yep. It's been so fun. Uh, the environment has just been it's been electric each and every time. Steph, I, I walk into this uh, studio, Korea Studio, have a blast. We're on the road trips. We have so much fun, minus the plane rides. We won't talk about the the turbulence oh. and, and some of the situations we've been in. Uh, but look, hey, we have good people to to help us out through those uh, uh, tumultuous times on the on the airplane, and hopefully, good pilots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for tuning in yet again, Steve. Thanks for uh, being on today's show. It was. Uh, so fun. So fun. And we got a big game here tonight. Yep. And we have a good time on the air. You're doing a heck of a job and I look forward to the coming seasons. Thanks for tuning in yet again. See you next time. This is an Anaheim Ducks original production on Duck Stream.